In advertising, image is everything. Your resume needs a retrofitting. The Alouette campaign dates you. It won a clear. In 89. It's ancient history. Lose it. Your wardrobe needs an upgrade. Lose the gray. Hit the gym. Laser treatments would help with those crow's feet. And you might want to consider doing something about the sagging hoods. Welcome to the very first meeting of Ad Cinema Club, where people who work in advertising watch movies about advertising to see what Hollywood thinks is happening on Madison Avenue. Shenanigans, for sure. We're going to talk about how the industry is portrayed. We're going to decide if these movies are accurate or totally off base, and there will probably be a lot of laughs and criticisms along the way. My name is Ashley Rothstein. I am a creative director and copywriter, and I am joined by my two lovely co-hosts who will introduce themselves. I'm Shannon Miller, head of communications. Of, of, the, of the club? That's your club role? <laughs> of the club, and okay. generally my, my lot in life. Yes, I'm both, the head of all, all of it. Head of all communications. Uh, head of I'm David, all communications forever. <laughs> the world. If you're talking, uh, she's your boss. Uh, I'm David Greiner, a uh, longtime Adweek editor who also worked with Shannon Miller uh, in our previous life as Adweek journalist and podcast co-host, so it's great to be reconnected and to be doing a new show with you, Ash. Yeah, this is so exciting, and I never watch movies as a new mom. I don't really watch much TV anymore, so this is a great excuse to get my eyes back on the screen. So for our first adventure into what I'm calling the advertising cinematic universe, the ACU, we watched a 2013 (laughs) Hallmark movie called All's Fair in Love and Advertising. And honestly, I had to double check the year multiple times when watching this because I was getting early 2000s vibes. Were you? <laughs> That's like a, a, a hallmark of Hallmark movies, right? Is that they always just feel like weirdly kind of dated. It's There's a bit of nostalgia baked into them even when they're like happening in the present. Yeah, absolutely. I think if we landed somewhere in the early aughts, that's kind of the best we can hope for for now. So <laughs> it's, as, it's as current as it could have possibly felt. Even though there were a lot of questions that came up for me during this <laughs> time, but yeah, if we if we landed in the early aughts, I think it, that's, for Hallmark, that's a bang up job. Yeah, they're they're ten years behind. Like all of our listeners have seen this, right? It's a it's a must watch classic <laughs> for sure. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, first, can you explain why we what why we picked this one? Um, do you even remember why we picked this one to be our our opening movie? Well, it just had a little bit of everything, you know. It's Focused on advertising, which is great. Some of the movies we're going to be watching are just have a little blip of advertising. But this one, it was the main plot point. It's got romance. It's got a con artist. It's got everything. The logline of the movie, I'm going to read it, is a con artist helps a man revive his career until both fall for the same woman. Dun, dun, dun. All right, so when we open on this movie, we open on Tom Burns. He's our main character. He's a 50-year-old, seemingly hotshot creative director in the ad world. And we see him winning some kind of advertising award. I'm pretty sure it was made up. Did any of you recognize it? <laughs> Orion? Come on, no respect for the Ryan. They mentioned the Clio. I'm not sure if that specific moment that it opens on was the Clio in question, but they do definitely reference the Clio's. So whether or not that's exactly what it was, it's clear that that was one of many accolades that he's won over 
a period of time. So he's a very well decorated admin. I thought it was mm-hmm. funny that they called it Orion, but then they they referenced the Cleos <laughs> multiple times as like the only the only award that matters. Yeah, and the trophy <laughs> kind of looked like a Cleo too. It was, it was like a Cleo mm-hmm. if it were holding a star instead of the world. Yeah. I wonder. I have to wonder if like the Cleos knew. Does someone the Cleos go? Uh, 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 don't get too cozy. Like, <laughs> I I feel like we're going. This is going to be a recurring theme. We could start spotting tropes now on episode one. Is that I bet we're going to hear the Cleos referenced more more often than anything to the point where I I'm willing to bet right now we will almost never hear another real award mentioned other than the Cleos, um, which says a lot for them. Like we'll probably talk about that later. But props to Cleos for like the lasting. But that was their whole thing of in a world with a million ad awards. Right, the Cleos was always the the one that lived in pop culture, the one that actually aired on on network television back in the the I think the eighties and nineties. So good for them. Like that they, mm-hmm. they still pop up all the time and that's my prediction. Yeah, I was really surprised to hear them say an actual award name instead of making something up like they did in the beginning. So mm-hmm. um so we see Tom's just, you know, at the top of his game winning all kinds of awards, but then the owner of his agency uh, CGNO, Carter, Guggenheim, and Orr. He's retiring I knew would write that down. and selling the agency. <laughs> <laughs> I have to focus on the name. Carter, Guggenheim, and Orr, CGNO. It's giving hold, holding company for sure. Yeah. Um, so he's retiring and not giving the company to Tom like he suspected, but he is absorbing the agency into another one, and that agency is Rage. What do we think <laughs> about that name? like i actually don't mind rage as an agency name because i i i I think if if it were me i would call it the ragency (laughs) but (laughs) um collective groan do we want to hear tom's first experience with rage of coming in do you want to set this scene up ash of like what's happening i think yeah i think to there's really nothing we can say that this soundbite wouldn't just immediately communicate to our listeners. So I think we should let them get the taste of rage that Tom got when he first walked into this agency. Yeah. And he's carrying like a, like a box, like the, the box you walk out with when you're laid off in a Hollywood movie. It's got like a plant in it and he's wearing, I think like a trench coat and he comes walking into this agency and here is what greets him. Got it. Oh, Hey Tom. I didn't see you there. Hey, what do you think of the new virtual agency? Huh? Well, let me ask you, what do you think of the new homicide of maniacs video? Check that out. Yeah, really slamming. Yeah. Sing it! I love to hate you. <laughs> yeah, that's really trending brilliantly. Derek's my senior creative. Oh. See the philosophy here at Rage? It's sublime. It's simple. It's black and blue advertising in your face. A commercial should attack the senses, Tom. Violently. Like nerve gas. Boom. Nobody reads anymore. Nope. We're in the image business, baby. Question! What's the single most important attribute an ad man can have, Tom? Uh, the most important uh, attribute an ad man can have is... Attitude! Attitude. Attitude. Yeah, that's, um... So... It's a vibe. Attitude. <laughs> attitude. Attitude. <laughs> to its credit, it is an almost exact depiction of what... I- of my earliest understandings of advertising or what an advertising agency would look like. So, I mean, as as rage-inducing, ha, 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 it, as it is, for me, personally, I mean, it got my image right. It definitely, I definitely pictured a lot of fast-talking, bustling, um, just rainbow-splashed sla- walls, lots of busy, 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 as opposed to 
the bowl of beige oatmeal that was CGO. <laughs> it was like just very plain and clean. This, for me at least, rang a little bit more accurate, at least in what I assumed advertising was. So like two things confuse me about when he walks in the office. For one, and we see this a lot through the movie, that the office has a Mondrian uh, design aesthetic. Which does not feel like if you were going to start an agency called like Rage that was about like g- fighting the establishment, you use this very classic Mondrian like uh, geometric shapes. I think it's just the office where they could shoot this movie. And so they were like, good enough. And it looks gorgeous. <laughs> like the backdrops look great right. because of that. Uh, but it just, it, it feels weird. Um, and the other is, uh, what is the alarm that goes off whenever? So whenever Tom walks into this building, an alarm goes off. It, it, I mean, is it just a boomer alarm? Because he's the only person who sets it off. Did, did either of you catch it? It goes like, meh, meh, meh. Yeah, like, it's impossible not to catch it. It literally, like, every time he walks into this office, yeah. this bustling office, <laughs> it only seems to be triggered by him. And we don't know if it's, like, a target tag. We don't know if it's, like, I, I have no clue what's triggering it. But <laughs> it's so <laughs> offensive. It's so funny. <laughs> And it's just there to, like, make him extra uncomfortable. But I'm also just like, wait, what is it? Because, like, they don't seem to have security of any kind. So it's not like – anyway. Um, the uh, If you don't have a neck tattoo, it goes off. Yes. <laughs> That's right. So it can detect d- the ink on your skin. <laughs> yeah. um, it, it, it scans which concert you were last seen at. And then it's just like, oh, buddy. <laughs> Shouldn't have picked the Beach Boys. So, um, so that, like – ridiculous exchange was Tom meeting the owner. His name was Reese Danzinger, which I think is the perfect name for this, this person. What did you call him, David? Oh, this is the Kmart Ethan Hawk. Like he, yes. he's, he's like, he looks a lot like young Ethan Hawk, except a can't act. And then B is like, has this kind of, I'm on, I'm on like amphetamines vibe. Uh, Most yeah. Yeah. We called it in, an implied dusted nose, a freshly powdered nose. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. A, they never explicitly say it, but it's, it's heavily implied, I feel. This is as, as close as you're going to get to like someone just taking a bump in their <laughs> office in a Hallmark movie that you're going to get. <laughs> like for a Hallmark movie, this, this shows edginess yeah. at its most edgy. Um, but then uh, th- things obviously to set up our next soundbite, Ash, uh, things don't go well. <laughs> Right. No, not at all. Because Tom's walking into this very cool, very hip agency wearing a tie and slacks. And everyone else there has probably never worn a tie in their lives. Um, well, no, because there's the the one guy, the the one guy that um, uh, his name escapes me. Like the, Derek, head, the, head, the head of creative. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Who is the only person there in some form of like. A suit with yeah, the sleeves are rolled up to again edgy, but he's got like a a Bluetooth thing in his ear the whole time, right? Like, he's definitely a real estate agent that wandered into uh, an an ad agency and like no one's no one's questioned it. So, there's at least one consistent tie in that office, very true. But yeah, so senior creative Derek and Reese are not feeling Tom's vibe and they have some choice words for our our creative director and just to be clear this is like immediately after that first soundbite like he walks in the door and then this this dialogue happens and mergers are costly tom okay but this is an opportunity to restructure okay you don't fit our image we're cutting edge look at yourself you're obsolete you're a human vcr 
I'm looking for Blu-ray. I'm gonna have to let you go. Bummer, dude. Legal will be in touch about the compensation. You're just out. You're out like five seconds out. Like, why even have him walk in the door? Like, just cut him during the merger. <laughs> but they, they had to have. They had to introduce Rage. Uh, you had to meet all the characters. Yes, and we also meet uh, Harriet, who is an art director at Rage. But they call her Harry throughout this this whole movie. Um, so he gets let go pretty immediately. And this is where the theme of ageism really kicks off in this movie. And that is something that, of, of course, happens throughout the entire thing and is the catalyst for the next part. So Tom is desperate for a job. He goes to a headhunter to see if he can find something in advertising. And she has some some more choice words for, for good old Tom. <laughs> Who's just having a she's great like, day at like, this point? Have you tried? Have you tried not being old? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So that was the that was the the clip we opened with at the at the start of the show. I just like love the idea that she's just like you need to. Uh, oh, you want to get a job? You better work out and get some laser surgery on your eyes. Not like you know she does. Okay, she does. I think this is actually a really good point. And Ashley, I was curious to get your thoughts on this. Like when she says your your portfolio is dated. Now he did just win a Ryan. Like that's not a small thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, if the Ryan were, were real, <laughs> um, but like so he obviously is still relevant. But she was like, "Well, your portfolio is out of date. Everyone's portfolio gets out of date when you have a job, right? Right. Like you're not out there updating your resume while you're working or updating your portfolio." Um, but then she's basically saying you're clinging to old glories, like you're clinging to this 1989 campaign that won a Clio. Um, and I, I think that's valid. I think that's a, a real thing in the industry is that too many people cling on to their like past glories and then don't really have much to say about why they're still relevant today. Totally. And the timing was weird, too, because if this was supposed to be in 2013, he did just win an award. Yet his his greatest accomplishment is an eighty nine campaign. It doesn't really make sense, but I totally understand if your portfolio doesn't have anything from the last like two years, it's a little <laughs> suspicious. <laughs> so I get it. I I understand the headhunter saying his portfolio needs to be updated. The crow's feet comments were a little out of pocket, but I understand the portfolio thing. <laughs> <laughs> One good point. And and I don't think we've said so far that this man is played by Steven Weber, right, uh, of Wings fame. I'm sure he's been in anything else. <laughs> I only know Wings. Am I missing? Should we know Steven Weber from something else? Is he? So I like, looked him up because I was like, I've definitely seen this guy before. And everything he's listed in, I have not seen. Or if, it, if he was in it, he was such yeah. a very small part that it doesn't make sense that I would recognize him. So I have no idea. He's an enigma to me. Yeah, so he and Tim Daly and uh, what was his name? Uh, uh, Thomas Hayden Church, uh, I think. Like the three of them were like the stars of Wings back in the, I don't know, 90s. And uh, like all kind of leveled off at a pretty like, eh, you know, like B-tier Hollywood level, um, except uh, Thomas Hayden Church. I, I hope I'm getting <laughs> that guy's name right. He's the one who played like Sandman and Spider-Man. Um you know, he's like he's popped up in a few other things. He was in Sideways, uh, but like Tim Daly and uh, and uh, Stephen Weber just kind of live in in this realm of exactly what we're talking about. But what I was going to say is, he's a good looking guy. Like he's yeah, he looks good. 
like I thought it was a little silly to just be like, <laughs> like I say this as someone who's almost the age that this guy's <laughs> dealing with all this, and I look way less good. Than t- I'm like, I have no future in advertising. <laughs> like the work outfit was uh, especially funny to me because it's like, what are we looking for? Like, <laughs> even if he was on camera, this would make zero sense. Like, this is like the wrong person to make this point with, that this is going to be the point. But it did surprise me that it, that the theme of ageism, specifically how it's presented here, still felt like somewhat familiar. You wouldn't really like look to Hallmark films to like hit any sort of reality point because that's not what it's there for. But <laughs> this is a conversation that like, I think we've heard, you know, time and time again, especially from, um, sort of like these golden boys of, or these former golden boys of advertising that now feel very left behind by like sort of like the new age of advertising. I think that it did hit those notes pretty well. Um, Agreed. The crow's feet comment. It was like, did it ever get that serious? I'm not sure, <laughs> but <laughs> it did hit on this feeling of being like left behind and really like figuring out, you know, is there still a place for me in this evolving, this rapidly evolving world? Um, Which it's like, yeah, there absolutely is. If you're able to sort of keep up with the new things that advertising has to say. So is the industry like ageist? Yes. A lot of industries in any sort of media are, but there is also a question of like, okay, but are you making that effort to keep up with the nutritions or is your halcyon days of your career back in like 89, 96? And if so, like, you know, that's a you problem. Like you gotta figure that out, Tom. But what they're describing, you know, is 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 very real that a lot of those folks who had blown up and had created some of the greatest 30 second spots of all time could not adapt mm-hmm. to the to the modern social landscape. And they were just kind of shown to the door, and then most of them either tried going to another agency where they typically failed, uh, or they set off on their own and created something new, which I think we'll talk about more at the end of it. But like, there's a lot of real life parallels to this. But I, I props to them. They're describing something that's very mm-hmm. real, and also they're describing it in a pretty like a not really. Um, Hollywood way. I think the way they show it, other than the timing of just how fast <laughs> this dude gets laid off, like uh, other than that, like pretty accurate. Yeah, I think yeah. it's totally fair. Um, and so he's been deemed the, a dinosaur of the industry and is not welcome anymore, unfortunately for Tom. But he needs money like we all do. He's got a daughter who wants to go to a very fancy music school and needs a lot of money to pay for that. So he needs to pay his bills in some way. But he's like super sad and down. Obviously, he just got insulted by multiple people. <laughs> and he's walking down <laughs> he's walking down the street and he gets approached by this couple, a pregnant woman, um, and they're asking for money for help. And he kindly gives them some money to help, goes about his business. And then later he sees that same exact couple at a diner and the woman is no longer pregnant. And he realizes he's been scammed. We we see uh, this couple Yeah, she's also like drinking drinking yes. beer. She's yeah, drinking, which is not, of- it's not recommended. Um, <laughs> so we see this couple break up randomly. Again, very fast paced things happening in this movie. He gets laid off in five seconds. This couple breaks up in five seconds. <laughs> it's almost at the speed of advertising, right? Like everything oh. happens like so 
quickly. Because also, not only is this man having a bad day, because yes, he's been insulted by literally everyone, including his own <laughs> daughter. Like his daughter sweeps into town and immediately just lays into all like, like all the things wrong. Like he's eating wrong. He's down bad. He looks bad. What the fuck is going on with this apartment? Like, and also I need $15,000 by next week. <laughs> like it's so much happening. And also like, it kind of, there was a moment where he kind of alludes to like, he could potentially be a deadbeat dad. He's not kept tabs on his daughter at all. Um, and apparently, and this is like my one big thing that I had in all caps, when she's like, well, I texted you that I was coming and you did not respond. And he's like, yeah, you know, I just don't know how to text, sir. An ad man <laughs> that doesn't know how to text. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay, Pinocchio. Like, Again, it's 2013. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just, it's like if, if this were two like two thousand, I'd be like, oh okay. But like I like I don't know how to receive text. <laughs> how to receive, process, or respond to text. You know me, good good old ad dad. Like it's just very it happens in a span of time. So like yeah, he is like down bad and then he just needs like a cup of coffee and then walks into like like me these scammers of the century apparently because like she's a totally different person not only pregnant but biker leather like not even yes uh, a shadow of what we saw um but it ends up like working in his favor so forth um i feel like now is a good time to pause because i i, I think we're going to run across this a lot is <clears throat> the setting right it's supposed to be manhattan <laughs> Right, they they say several times New York City, how hard it is. Like that that couple when they're scamming them, they're like, "We just moved to the to New York City, and it's been so tough adapting here." While they're saying this, they're on like this boulevard, like this really large road with trees all around and cars parked diagonally, and you're just like, "Where where is this happening?" And the rest of the movie, like there is just there's no people. You're the answer is Vancouver. The yes, answer is Vancouver. But like through the whole movie, they're just like, yeah, no, this is the mean streets <laughs> of New York City. And I just, I can't wait to see how many other movies we watch. We're like here in New York. And then there's like mountains British of, Columbia. of Canada in the background. <laughs> we're, we're starting strong. Yeah. So the, the con man thing sets up the whole climax of this movie. But basically con man's name is Dick completing the Tom, Dick, and Harry theme we have going on in this movie, Harry being Harriet, the art director. Um, and Dick is an interesting person. First of all, his hair pissed me off because it's so high and quaffed. I didn't like it, and it distracted me every time. <laughs> correct. You're a thousand percent correct. Wow. Agree to disagree. I, as someone with no hair, I was like, yeah, that's good hair. Him and, honestly, every every guy in this movie, except neck tattoo, budget Ethan Hawke, like, uh, I like, I'm jealous of everyone. <laughs> it was just, it's a, th it throws you off because you're like, he's supposed to be like this scrappy con artist. And like, looking at him, you're like, what could possibly have gone wrong for you? Like, you seem fine. You, your, your fake girlfriend also very clean cut like what is happening how are you yes. two the people scan it scamming on the mean empty streets of new york <laughs> new york bc <laughs> the, the lush the lush <laughs> wide streets of new york 
So yes, the hair was was a sticking point for me too. So now Dick is also kind of in a predicament. Predicament. There we go. Um, because he no longer has his conning partner. She walked out of the diner and left him. And Tom needs some money. He needs a job. So they have this conversation about their own lives and about age. And we've got a soundbite about that too. I'm in advertising. I mean, I was in advertising. Don't worry, I'm sure you'll find another job. To them, I'm over the hill. How old are you? How old do you think I am? I don't know, 60? I'm 50. <laughs> right. That's not so old. Not too old for me. Uh, so yeah, yeah. Uh, I I just love. I had to include, of course, the the waitress being like, "Hey, buddy, I'll take <laughs> yeah, it." Yeah, if a Hallmark if a Hallmark <laughs> movie is gonna give you nothing else, it's gonna give you a sassy waitress, a sassy waitress. <laughs> so we, we so we see that Tom is literally double in age of what Dick is, and they realize that they can help each other. So they make a deal where. Dick is going to be the stand-in copywriter at Rage, and Tom is going to do all the work behind the scenes, which I'm sure is some sort of fraud. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> yeah, they, they make several references through the movie of, like, we're going to end up in jail, and I'm like, are you? <laughs> How serious is it? <laughs> this feels like the kind of, like, like, like fired, but I'm just like, what's the statute that's just like, thou shalt not pretend to be someone else's portfolio? Um this is also the moment where we realize that this is Cyrano de Bergerac, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's in, in the the famous story, Cyrano de Bergerac, a guy who is incredibly talented but considers himself unattractive, uh, f- fake writes love poetry through a younger, handsome guy to get the affections of Roxanne, and, uh, and then hijinks ensue, right? And so they've made several movies of this, and it's a famous story. But that's when I was like, oh, okay. This is Cyrano de Bergerac for advertising. Uh, and, of course, there is a love interest, as we've mentioned. But, uh, but yeah. It's, it's the waitress. Spoiler good alert. Reference, guys. Good, <laughs> good <laughs> <laughs> They're all fighting for her. So, so once they make this deal, they, this sets off this whole scheme to get Dick hired at the agency. And Tom has an actual portfolio reel. And this is where we get to see our first glimpse of an ad in this movie. And this ad is some guys walking into bathroom stalls. Two of them are holding newspapers. A third businessman walks in, not holding a paper. And he comes right back out of the stall once he's done doing his business. The other two are still sitting in there, seemingly reading the newspaper. And the tag at the end says, two out of three businessmen read the Wall Street Mirror. Shouldn't you? What did you think of that ad? Do you feel like it's worthy of getting someone a job? <laughs> Get men out of advertising. That's what <laughs> my overarching <laughs> feeling was. Like, we got to ban men until we figure out what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the... Like, I just didn't get it. I love that you got it because I had to sit there. I had to rewatch it like two or three times. Same. But also I'm just, I was too distracted. I was just too distracted by the fact that like, this is the, this is what you're using to get a job at Rage, <laughs> the Attitude Agency. You'd be like, okay, picture this, right? It's a shitter and there's a security <laughs> camera and these white businessmen in coats come in and what do they do? They go in the stalls, right? And what are they reading? Get this, the newspaper. <laughs> Anyway, can I work at your, like, <laughs> ultra-hip agency now? 
Like, like I, I will say that, like, now that Ashley has actually laid it out for me, there's, like, maybe a modicum of, like, oh, I get it. It's still not good, but I get it. And, like, it would probably hit with, like, a certain sect of advertising. We'd be like, woo hoo it's clever. The CGNO the guys, day, for sure. The CG you know, would eat it up. Like, play it again, Sammy. Like, but uh, gonna run, win Orion like nothing. <laughs> so I was actually confused too. I did have to watch it twice because I'm pretty sure the men are all the same guy, which was weird and confusing. But once I was like, I took a step back and put my creative director, my Tom creative director hat on, my 50-year-old white guy creative director hat, and I understood it. And I thought it was just okay. You know, it's classic, very classic advertising. But the guys at Rage were obsessed. Into it. Meanwhile, the poor communications person that has to pitch this to press is probably like, get me out of here. Like, how am I going to sell this? These two men, these two men take longer dumps <laughs> thanks to this product. That's going to sell some newspapers. Just, Just you wait. I, I think that the bummer the bummer about this is this is the only ad we see in this whole movie. Like with a few like kind of minor exceptions, we see some product demo type stuff, but this is the only full ad we get and it set me up. I was like, "Oh. Oh, this is like we're going to see like ads cuz as silly as I thought this one was, I was like, "Oh, they made an ad." for this right, movie. Right. And again, I, I don't know how many movies we watch are going to do that. I you know, it it takes it takes a certain level of like confidence to be like, now we're going to make a fake ad that's so good it's going to get this guy hired, and it's it's not it's not good. But hey, <laughs> yeah. they made an ad. Yeah, I think that's more than True. most movies will do. Um, but so, long story short, Dick gets the job. Cue a montage of Dick working as the front man, Tom doing all the background work. Dick gets a nice new apartment. Which I was surprised because how much money are they making if they're splitting this and he gets a really nice apartment? <laughs> like the timeline on this is it's amazing view yeah. of Vancouver. <laughs> so let's go back to to Harry a little bit because once Dick starts working at the agency, yeah. we see some flirtation with him and Harry, Harriet, our art director. We we also see a little theme of sexism because Harry is stuck on all of the classic woman projects where there's a lot of pink and she isn't really getting opportunities on other things that aren't, you know, your typical female sort of product. So we see little hints of that throughout the movie. Yeah. Yeah. And and I I would just, I would ask you to like flirtation so that literally the very first thing that Dick does, right. When he starts at this agency, she's like, here's this phone. It's got all of our numbers pre-programmed into it. So you can message anyone in the company. And he literally, she walks over and sits down. He's like, I'm going to sexually harass this woman. Like, step one, yes. I'm going to send her. He's just like, he sits down and he writes like, so do you have a boyfriend? It's like the very first thing he does. And On his she, work phone, yeah. Yeah, and she's like, teehee. It's definitely indicative of a time, not just like, in industry, but in, in like media too, like we definitely evolved in what constitutes like actual romance. Like in 2013, this is probably like a cutesy gesture. And like now to be like, yeah, you, you can't fucking text that to your coworker. Like, don't do that. But like 
in 2013, it's like, oh, you. Like, it sort of fits within this time where, like, big gestures weren't considered, like, creepy like they are now. And, like, we probably didn't immediately notice, at least back then, well, not to speak generally, but, like, the harassment of it all, very understated. Whereas it's like, oh, this guy just made a move and went for what he wanted. So it's like, yeah, it, it definitely fits within that time frame. The first time that Tom comes back into this office, he literally, very first thing, starts flirting with Harriet. Like, like five, so he walks in and he's just like, that shirt makes your skin look good. Like, it is a serial killer <laughs> comment. And like, also their first interaction was him like almost insulting her work. Like she'd created something that had to do with kitties. Kitty delicious. Yeah, kitty delicious. And he was like on yeah, the Yeah, kitty delicious, come on. <laughs> I mean, it it had a great Cleo. narrative. How are you? <laughs> One of Cleo, it told very, it was very strong nuanced. narratives. It was very nuanced, um, told very strong storylines. But like <laughs> the entire time, like one of my notes was like, how is this cute? Like I'm not understanding how any of these interactions and Harriet's just like, Oh, boys, boys, boys. Like, if anything, I'd be like, I've got to get the hell out of here immediately. I am surrounded by terrible, terrible men. Okay, but you you bring up something I totally forgot about, the Kitty Delicious. <laughs> uh, so this is the, my favorite, like, weird, humble brag in the whole movie. So Because I see it as the opposite. Like, I, was, I walked away being like, what is wrong with Harriet? So Harriet <laughs> meets Tom for the very first time in his, in his like, 15 seconds before uh, he gets laid off. She's like... Um, oh, I loved that one ad you made, and she references something. And he and she was like, "I really hoped it would win the Clio." And he was like, "Yeah, it was nominated, but this thing for uh, Kitty Delicious ended up winning." And she's like, "Yeah, that was mine." <laughs> and I'm like, "What kind of setup was that?" Like, oh, you had a pretty good ad for that one that lost to mine. <laughs> she was fishing for. Like, I was like, wait, because like, yeah, it's like Harriet's such a such a nice character, but in that moment, I was like, is she like a is she like a power mover? Is she just like, like just showing him who's boss around here? Like, don't forget you lost. (laughs) Just setting up the dynamic for the relationship. Um, But yeah, so there's flirtation happening all around basically. But once we get into Ivaro, our main client of the movie, that's when everything really starts happening. We see Tom doing some actual work. We see Dick using his con man skills to schmooze the rage employees and the client. Um, So Ivaro, the client, is an electric sports car. It looks very futuristic and strange. And there's this scene where they get briefed on this campaign. And I used briefed very, very lightly because it was about 30 (laughs) seconds. It was a 30 second clip of this sports car just driving around. Um, And then Reese, the owner, looks around and says, all right, what do you got? And then they just start (laughs) saying things. And I think the second thing that's said is what ends up getting approved. And Reese says, okay, run with it and start making it. All of this happens in about a minute. Yeah. No, (laughs) no overview of client objectives. No. no real understanding of like what demographic they're pointing to. It was just like, here's this car. You kind of want to fuck it. Any <laughs> any suggestions of what we should do? And immediately, like Derek is like, we just need to talk something along the lines of like, we need to talk about how good it looks. I'm like, okay, we gotta stop. We like that was at that point where I had to like 
stop the movie for a second and get like a slice of pizza and just like mellow first it was it was a lot happening because i was like okay we're just not we don't have a client brief cool i uh, also like i thought it was really funny that just just to set up when tom was first walking in again this goes back a bit but like the agency owners on the phone being like we need it we need a, a new director for this nike shoot so like he's already shooting for Nike, and I'm just like, damn, okay, so y'all are doing all right. But then they refer to this account, the Ivaro account, as a two hundred and fifty million dollar account. Yes, and I'm like, and I know I'm like one of five viewers on Earth who was like had to pause and just be like, what's that mean? Like not in bill, not in billings. They're not going to pay this agency two hundred and fifty million dollars. Like is that their is that their total? And I I like went down this like. I spiraled for a solid, like, this is while Shannon's off getting a slice of pizza. I'm sitting there just staring into the void being like, is that their spend? Is that their overall spend? Because that's on par with Home Depot. Like, <laughs> hell yeah. Okay, that's a good client. Doesn't include media. That's, that's like this, Papa John's. <laughs> strictly the agency fee. This is, just, this is fees. This is your straight billing. $250 million. It's the client of the century. We're going to put all three employees on it. <laughs> That's true. We have we have Derek, the senior creative, Harry, the art director, and Dick slash Tom, the copywriter. And that's seems like it in terms also, of employees. And also, I'm guessing her name is Liz. I'm still unclear on what yeah. she does other than being just like aggressively involved in Harriet's dating life for some reason. I, I'm I didn't understand what she was. She like an accounts person. That's the vibe I got from her. <laughs> yeah, she says account manager, I think. She does? Point. Okay, Fallon, no account manager has that kind of time. Maybe. <laughs> caring about someone's data. Maybe it was life. just in my head. Yeah, <laughs> and like there's some weird body shaming stuff going on mm. with that character where they're just like constantly like, oh, you got more Botox. Oh, like, why are you getting your butt worked on? Like, I don't know, that whole character existed to just kind of like be made fun of. And then yeah. later in the movie, they're like, no, she's got opinions. And you're like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're just now getting around yeah, to her she being a, a, a three-dimensional plot. human being. She she yeah. made really no impact on the plot whatsoever, but she was there <laughs> at all times. Yeah, like she was like when she when Harriet got that like whatever text like you get a boyfriend. Here's like Liz, like girl, you've got to hop on that. Like okay, Liz, please, <laughs> please go do something else. <laughs> I, I like that that she's on team whoever is texting Harriet right that moment. She's just like this dick guy. He's amazing. You got to get get on that dick. And then she's like, five minutes later, she's like, this Tom guy seems like the love of your life. And it's like, where are you? Getting? You're just like, if you're if you're hearing from him, no loyalties. Wherever the wind blows, that Liz. So the the pitch happens pretty quickly after they get briefed in thirty seconds. Um, but so Tom is at his apartment doing all this work while Dick is at the agency and Tom or I'm getting him confused because they're just, they're the same person according to the agency. Um, so the client, the Avaro client for some reason needs a big pitch, including a tagline in the next hour is, is a phone call that Dick gives to Tom. So Tom's <laughs> like, I can't do that in an hour. That's insane. But they somehow figure it out. Tom comes up with a tagline just off the top of his head, uh, but his internet goes out. So he can't get Dick his work in time within the hour. So he has to rush to the agency. And of course, the alarm goes off the second he walks in the door. <laughs> yeah, the, the boomer alarm. The boomer yeah. alarm because he doesn't have a tattoo. 
And this is where we've got another soundbite because this, I really was confused when I heard this, but Tom and Harry have this exchange about what I think is just printing options, but let's listen to it. I'd go with Quadrant Pro. Oh, I thought Curial Display. Not bold enough. CMYK? Sounds good. Dick, what do you think? Yeah, CMYK, that sounds good. Hmm. Well, you didn't use half tones for the tag. I'm really sorry about what happened. So we had to listen to that soundbite because I was so confused. I've heard CMYK. I've heard of halftones. I have no idea what Quadrant Pro and Curial Display are. I I was like Googling (laughs) them because I'm like, hey, you got me. You hooked me with the fact that CMYK, of course, is just uh, cyan, magenta, yellow, black. Um, Just a printing whatever color option. But those other two, I was like, well done. And we should note that the writer of this movie did not. Uh, come from advertising. I think he does a, a generally a pretty good job of uh, of faking it. And I I was it made me Google like it made me kind of stop and be like, wait, is Curial Display is is Quadrant Pro a thing? Because I know CMYK is a thing. Yeah, I don't know. Good, well done. You you fooled me. I still am not totally one hundred percent confident that Curial is not a thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Okay, I'm, glad, I'm so glad lot. to hear that. I almost texted you, but I didn't want to spoil the banter. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I was convinced and I was questioning my own experience there for a minute. Because <laughs> bleed is a real thing. like Exactly. There were the, the little drops of real things in there had me questioning the whole, the whole conversation. But I guess our listeners can let us know if curial display is a thing that we should be aware of. Yeah, hit, hit us at <laughs> adcinemaclub at gmail.com and let us know if you use Curial, Curial Display and Quadrant Pro. Uh, what are the benefits of each? Quadrant Pro isn't bold enough, so. <laughs> In the end, they decide that Curial Display was the proper choice. Much better. And that that kind of endears Harriet or Harry to Tom even more because he gave her that suggestion and she is just so enraptured by the talent that is coming from both Tom and Dick at this point. So during this big pitch, I have to bring this up because as a creative, I was very jealous when Harry gets introduced. First of all, there's an audience for this pitch, which is very bizarre, like full, you know, chairs, lines of chairs for this pitch. Um, And Harriet gets introduced to a round of applause. Why is a round of applause not part of every creative presentation? <laughs> that would make me feel so much better. Get get some walk-up music. <laughs> I think that needs to be implemented into every creative presentation from now on. This movie had it right. Ashley Rutstein! <laughs> yeah. It's the John Cena song. <laughs> so, <laughs> so this pitch... I don't know if you remember, but there was a mention of microwaves and how much time and energy it takes to microwave something versus how much energy the car takes. Did you grasp any of that? It kind of went straight over my head. <laughs> yeah. It was supposed to be like you, you could run a microwave for 700 hours or you could drive this car why and is, it would like use less energy. Why is that the metric? <laughs> why is why is that the yeah. I'm just like, uh, this ca- this car is so much less energy than running my microwave for 70 hours. <laughs> like, can I now run into, like, CarMax? And I'm like, roughly, can you tell me how many microwaves would it take to equate to the horsepower of this RAV4? They'd be like, oh, are you talking like 700 megahertz or 1400 megahertz microwave? 
It was just, this is not a hard sell. Like EVs are a very real product. Good for them in 2013 for like including an EV. But I just love like the triple backflips of logic that these folks use um, to, to, to sell this thing. And I'm just like, you don't have to like convert, <laughs> convert it to microwaves. <laughs> I, I want to like, dub- just be like, you burn less <laughs> gas. <laughs> I want to like double back for like just a second, because there is a moment where again, they get this, rage's version of a brief which is basically just flashing a picture and then like mild sexual harassment um so they have this moment and like derek again talks about how we need to talk about the the curves of this car but like dick stands up and gives like a halfway compelling derek has got it for this car (laughs) he is in to this car and then like here comes again, the bar's low, as we see, but like Dick comes in with like a fairly insightful, again, still kind of leery, because for whatever reason, they're still speaking in this like like syrupy, flirtatious talk that makes me mildly uncomfortable, but he still has like a deep insight as to, you know, like who they should appeal to. And it's like, so did the ad did the scam did the scammer become an ad man in that like moment? Because that was like a Aside from, like, a fake stat that he pulled out of his butt, like, it was actually, like, a halfway decent insight um, that could have, like, led, that could have actually helped creatives. I thought it was really interesting that it's like, okay, I understand that he's supposed to be basically, like, a sock puppet, but, like, he also might, like, have some opinions that could, like, legitimately work. I thought that was really interesting. And they don't even really, like, explore that. Did either of you like immediately Google the actual stat? So, so like the stat that he throws in there is sixty four percent of EVs are bought by women. Um, and I was like, and then he admits after the fact that he made up that stat. So I Googled it. It's the literal opposite. <laughs> it's like the exact opposite. Meanwhile, again, homegirl, it's like thirty five. <laughs> yeah, it's like low. <laughs> <laughs> it's like 30, 30 in real life, 35% of, of EVs are bought by women uh, and 41% of conventional cars are bought by women. So it's like, it's like worse. It's yeah. actually worse for mm-hmm. really. just, I just had to throw that out. Cause I was immediately like, is that, is that true? <laughs> like I, I believed it again, credit to the writer. I was like, I'm on board. I believe you. And the one woman in the room that's supposed to know that stat co-signed it. Like again, Liz, yes. it, that's her job. Like, the account manager right. is like, yeah, she's like, yeah, that sounds right. I'm like, Liz, I just need you to to stand up. Like, I want you to be <laughs> she so She does good say, like, well, I'll, we have to double check that number. <laughs> but <True. yes. laughs> This is like, this is, by the way, the most accurate, accurate scene in the entire yeah. movie. Like, I mean, let's just. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Okay. But the thing like, that's weird. Like account managers or, or strategists off to the side. <laughs> we'll circle back on that. <laughs> <laughs> what's what's weird though is like yes they're talking about women buying the car but then right after during this pitch like celebration party or something there's a clip of like a sexy lady promoting this car she's in like a really revealing dress with a seductive tone and I'm like is that appealing to women I'm not totally sure was that part of their work though know. or was that like I thought I was the very brand confused by that. that whole scene yeah it's... you know what would have offered some clarity an actual client brief. <laughs> That's what they're. That's what they're there for. Rage doesn't do that. That's old school. Oh, the strategist guild of America is like paying Shannon to <laughs> shill for them here. Like 
well, what you need is a strategy department. <laughs> just something. Just something. Look, Rage does things differently, okay? You just wouldn't understand. <laughs> I don't have the attitude, apparently. <laughs> so, okay. Get a neck tattoo. Get some attitude. So the pitch goes extremely well. Everyone's celebrating. And then we enter the date portion of the movie, which is multiple dates. <laughs> We've got Dick and Harry going out on a date. And I think we have a soundbite for this, too, because this introduces a very important little piece of this plot. Do you like the Russians? Russians, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, come on. It wasn't like the Russians, right? So that's what, yeah, that's when we're introduced to like that they love the Russians in this movie. Um, specifically, they were talking about Dostoevsky uh, and her love of his uh, of his books, and clearly setting up a contrast that you can see coming nine million miles away. Right, like that Dick has no interest in writing, um, and uh, and deflects the question as soon as he physically can. Well, and Harry is having this predicament because she is obsessed with his work. When she saw his reel, when she saw his copy, she was like falling in love with the page. But this person in front of her on this date is just not matching the vibe. And she's very conflicted about that. This award-winning panty-dropping copy could not have come <laughs> from this dollard. This is what got me throughout this entire... Her obsession with his copy that she calls by name. She refers <laughs> to this copy more than she refers to this man. It is... I've never dated in advertising. Someone's got to tell me if that's an accurate thing, if that's a, a thing that's that's happening. Um, <laughs> I found that fascinating. Her just, like, she is invested in this, this copy that apparently she's had months of, um, but we've only seen, like, the two instances, and we're like, okay, <laughs> I'm just not understanding how this is. No. No one dates a copywriter because of their copy. They date them in spite of their copy. <laughs> I'm married like, to one and I can confirm that. <laughs> it's, just, it's just wild. It is wild. Well, the, and she even says, like, uh, he's like, what kind of writers do you like? She's like, I like any good writers, including your copy. <laughs> and like, like she's already drawing it. Like, Not you, just like your copy. And Dostoevsky. <laughs> like it's it's you and Brothers Karamazov and nothing. Uh, and so then I, I I I have to just to continue the Russia theme, I've got to get so like then she ends up on a date with Tom, uh, which good on Harriet out there playing the field, and um and then and then uh Russia so he she tell she gives her like her whole story of how she got into advertising and we had to capture the part where he like busts out a quote. And she's like, oh, who, who said that? So I decided I had to find a career where I could draw, but that also paid a living wage. Advertising was a ticket. Well. I hightailed it to New York. An artist must find the appropriate form for his vision. Yeah, yeah. who said that? Is that yours? <laughs> no, uh, Dostoevsky. Harriet girl, stand up. <laughs> so the Russian restaurant is really just, it's doing it for Harry. She is feeling the vibe of Tom and the Russian ambiance. And that like, they have a really good talk about like, um, uh, about, about his being laid out. It's a, yes. it's a legitimately good dialogue. It is right? like about, 
his the emotional impact of being forced into retirement is what he calls it, but it's really just a layoff. And like I've I've lost my job before, like, you know, it 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 is an until you go through it, you don't really understand like what an emotional thing it is. And so they have really good dialogue. Um, but then they get into like the meaning behind why does advertising fear uh the olds? <laughs> Uh, and it's it's and I'm not I'm joking, but I'm not even sure they're wrong. Is he he, he makes this this argument about um, the obsession with youth culture and how how like you never want to be reminded that you're going to die someday. Uh, so I've, we've got a soundbite on that one. I don't get it. You don't throw away talent and experience. We're frightening to this youth addicted culture, right? It's like they they turn away from us because we remind them of their own mortality or something. I don't know. Vodka для вас. You got to you got to bring the Russians back at the end there. It's just like we've gone a few seconds without Russia. Let's, let's bring it in. Yeah, I think this whole conversation was was pretty accurate and I felt like very serious for a homework movie, but it it made a lot of sense like they were talking about, you know, people being over 40 being forced out of the industry. And one thing that I noticed this I have no idea if this is accurate or not, but he kept saying we and I was wondering if he was referring to Harry as well, and if she just looks younger and she's actually over 40, maybe like 41. <laughs> I don't know. But the we was throwing me off. I, I took it as like that throughout the whole movie, I assumed she was supposed to be halfway between him and Dick, age-wise. So she's like 30s. Yeah, yeah they mentioned that she's like she five dates years both, older. Like she's, um, like, she's, oh, okay, she I missed that. mentioned something being like five years older than Dick, and that doesn't necessarily... So she's like 30. Yeah. Yeah. It just it felt weird. Like uh, in that moment, I was like, "Is she commiserating with him? Like, is she over forty? I'm so confused." But yeah, the the whole conversation was good, and I I liked when she was talking about why she became an art director. She was originally an artist, and she said that she wanted a career where she could draw, but also make a living wage. And I felt like that was a really insightful look into the industry as well. It's like people who really want to be creative but maybe want something a little more steady than what art mm. can typically be and maybe wanted something that was a little bit more on the left brain side too. It's just, it's a really interesting look at why someone would choose advertising. So I liked that conversation. Yeah. And that was a really good representation of how like a lot of people take crooked paths into advertising. Like there are people that sort of like have an, an early understanding that this is the industry that they want to get into. So they go into ad school, they, you know, take, those ad courses and, you know, their early college careers. But a lot of us, like, sort of happen into advertising. Mm -hmm. Like, we just sort of figure out a way to fit in, to, like, take the things that, like, we're dorks about and kind of just figure out, like, how we can, like, Harry, make a living wage off of it. So I thought that that was really cool that she got to at least tell that story because it, like, endeared me to her a little bit more. Whereas mm -hmm. opposed to, to me, she was just a cluster of poor decisions. <laughs> um, up to that point for me, so and, and she's she, she's from Toledo. Like shout out to the. I feel like that's another hallmark thing where they've got to like make the main characters be from these like towns that if you're from a big city they seem small. If you're from a small town they seem big. Like Toledo is a good <laughs> yeah, good reference. Like a Piedmont, North Dakota. Mm. Always something like that. <laughs> shout out to Coyote Ugly. <laughs> I was just thinking the same thing. Um, so, so after this date, which goes very well, they dance, I think they kiss, I don't know, but sparks are flying. Um, but after this date, Tom decides to pitch his Ivaro idea to Harry. 
because he's been thinking about it. She obviously knows he works in advertising. He's got he's got ideas. And he pitches this idea to her that's his Mad Max idea about this car and what it would look like in this apocalyptic future where gas is $999.99 a gallon. It's just the most amazing idea you, you would ever hear. <laughs> and Harry, while impressed, has heard this idea before because when she was on her date with Dick, he yeah. pitched the same exact idea. Which – yeah, t- Tom's the idiot in the in this one. Like Tom's a dumbass for like, I'm gonna pitch her this idea. It, eventually, she's gonna hear it from Dick. That's the whole point. You've been developing this idea for Dick to pitch. Uh, he just like got caught up in the moment. Just wanted to just wanted to impress the gal. But also, according to him, this this idea wasn't ready. It was still cooking in the it oven. Was not. Like, don't look at it. It's, it's like, not ready. It's it's not. It's it's his piece de resistance, and like it is not. The world cannot handle this Mad Max idea that he refuses to move on and refuses to pitch um, to keep himself like employed, which is hilarious (laughs) to me. So yeah, yes, of course Dick swooped in and claimed the idea is because you hired a con man to be your business partner, (laughs) which a lot of people seem to forget throughout the course of this film. He is indeed a con man. But but this this revelation that Harry is realizing that Tom is lying to her in some capacity. She's not really sure what's going on yet. But this sets off this whole moment where the truth comes out. And Dick is kind of the good guy in this scenario. He decides to get everyone together, including the client, the Avaro client, and he wants to reveal everything. He gets everyone in the same conference room and he tells them what's going on, that Tom has been doing all the work. And Reese, our owner, gets really upset and is trying to appease the client. And he's like, I'm firing Dick. Don't worry about it. I'm going to fire him. Everything's going to be great. But then the client does a little spin on him. And he's like, I want Tom. <laughs> I was say, like, before this, like, Dick had already told um, Walmart Ethan Hawke that he was a con man. He had already told him this. Like, so he'd already had a pre-confession before like this big reveal and when he was like surely i'm fired his words and i quote because it's the one quote i wrote down <laughs> like dick barnett you're not going anywhere like he <laughs> kept him on staff because he's like i just see a spark i see a lot of attitude and you know whatever so then when you get to this point where he has this big reveal <laughs> somehow got access to the client which is wild <laughs> to me um <laughs> So to him to be like, oh, how dare? Again, everyone just seems to forget that this con man who repeatedly reveals himself as a con man, um, it, everyone's shocked that he'd lie. And that to me is the best running gag out of the entire film. The, the, the part of this scene, because I hadn't really honestly noticed it until now. So the client is in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. Which, awesome. Great representation. Yeah. But as soon as I noticed in this scene that, because he had been in several scenes before, but I was like, in this scene, I noticed, oh, he's in a wheelchair. And that's when I was like, at first I was like, oh, that's cool. Good representation. And then I was like, oh my God, they're going to make a point of it. <laughs> they're going to like, they're going to stick their thumb right on that. There, This is a Hallmark movie. There is 0% chance they're just going to let someone in a wheelchair exist yeah. and not like turn it into a message and then sure enough he's just like 
uh, was like, I, I've been in this chair since the Gulf War. <laughs> and dot, 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 I like Tom. Like, it, it's yeah. not a really, but it's just like, I was just like, oh, so and it, it's, you know, yeah, again, it was a gross point. Good representation, but like, they, they immediately turned it into just like, and, and that's why I like a good old boy. And like, <laughs> I don't know. It's, yeah, they're, they're right adjacent to a, a good scene. Mm-hmm. Very, very close. Cause like, it was something along the lines of like, you know, I'm different because I'm in this wheelchair. What makes you think that I'd be upset that Tom has gray hair? And I'm like, okay, we're not going to equate um, like having a nice salt and pepper look with like <laughs> disability. Like, let's pump the brakes real fast on that one. But yeah, it was, that was an interesting point. To <laughs> but that makes us really like the client, obviously, because he loves Tom. And Tom, while he was offered a position at Rage, decides he wants to open his own agency and the Avaro client will be his very first client, which is our happy ending for our creative director who is 50 years old and divorced, by the way. We forgot to mention that he was divorced. Yeah. <laughs> Can he be sued for that, though? Like, Yeah. <laughs> well, like, so this has happened in, in the real world, right? right. Where, like... And the usual answer is like, yes, you can file for breach of contract, but you don't because you don't want to have a reputation as the kind of agency that that sues clients mm-hmm. uh, for, you know, so instead you just make them look bad in the press. Um, but also it was it was Dick's it. name on the contract. So maybe they can get a- away with it. <laughs> yeah. Tom doesn't have a, a, a non-compete. <laughs> he got laid off. <laughs> Uh, but obviously we have to tie up the the romance plot line and at this point it's really a non like mystery of who Harriet's going to end up in. She has been mad at Tom ever since she realized he was lying. Um and she didn't even know exactly how she was lying. She was just like you pitched me Dick's idea. How could you do that? She wouldn't really talk to him after that. But then uh she comes around like once she finds out what's up and she like kind of grudgingly is just like okay. Yeah, and he he apologizes in the best way with Russian, <laughs> Russian, and a, and a partnership and, and a business partnership. He yes. offered her partner on this new thing. Yes, so yeah, he, he asked her to be his creative director at his new agency. Um, but when he's apologizing to her, there's this slew of jargon that happens between them, and it's like a flirtatious banter, but it's littered with corporate jargon, and I feel like we have to listen to that. It's how guilt-ridden Russians say, I'm sorry. I figured it was the most effective means to reach my target audience. I hope it meets the projected ROI. Focus groups are positive. Yeah, I mean, props for, like, I think it's all real. Those are all real terms. That's we don't true. get a good curial There was no curial there. or quadrant pro, so that was a, a great exchange of jargon there. <laughs> I, I think we cannot we cannot overstate how what a bad decision this is. Like <laughs> I'm gonna start dating this new person who is also going to be my partner and the president of my new ad agency. I, I really want the agency to be called uh like shit where you eat <laughs> is is just the name of the show. Yeah. Like, what a terrible decision yeah, he's making. It can't be overstated that Harriet's a mess. Like, we don't, I don't think it's not like, we don't really shine a line on it, but she's she's a goddamn mess. Like, she's just making bad decisions all over the place. But, you know, true love sparks. And also, it should be noted that uh, that Dick ends up 
dating Tom's daughter. That comes up yes. earlier after. Yeah, we, we kind of we skipped we that skipped whole plot line. But like he sees her picture. He's on the refrigerator and it's like, who's that? That's the love of my life. He has done <laughs> this now three love. times. Three, like, because the girl that walked out of him instantly, he's like, how can I go on? Then he sees Harriet and he's like, obviously, this is my wife. Then he sees what I thought were pictures of uh, Tom's daughter in her youth. So that felt problematic and weird. But like, there, I guess there was at least one girl. He's like, yeah, I need to meet this girl. So when the original tagline was like, oh, they both fall in love with Harry. It's like, mm, there's something going on with Dick, but it ain't love. I think he's like literally the only person he does not hook up with is the old waitress. And we honestly don't know mm. whether or not that could have happened. There, there's, there's like 17 little plot lines. We have not, I mean, this is our encouragement no, yeah. to go watch. Yeah. Um, all's fair in love and advertising. It's on, it's on Pluto as I'm sure we'll mention later, but like, there's a bunch of they squeeze in a lot into like a ninety. <laughs> they really movie. do. Like we haven't even talked about the fact that Dick is like training to be a chef and like has all these culinary <laughs> ambitions. Like they squeeze so much into this. Yes, and one of the things at the end because Tom is just you know trying to shit where he eats, like you said, he wants Dick to be part of his agency, but Dick says no, and he says advertising is too cutthroat for me. A con man said. That advertising is too cutthroat for him. I feel yeah. like that's saying a lot that's about fair. the industry right there. So, so he yeah. goes into a completely non-cutthroat industry and decides to become a chef. Correct. <laughs> the bear is actually about Dick. <laughs> Dick Burnett, star of the bear. I mean, like he he gets uh, he gets into the CIA, the Culinary Institute of America. Of course, they make a very predictable CIA joke, and uh, yeah, he goes on to. To star in the bear. And one of the things at the end of this movie that I felt like was probably one of the most accurate pieces of this movie was um, Tom mentioning that he was going to work on his novel. I feel like a copywriter working on a novel on the side is just too predictable, but all all too accurate. <laughs> well, he mentions that like that's how he got into advertising. He got into advertising because he was such a failed like novel writer yes. that he started writing ads. I'm just like, I oh, most of that. us are <laughs> fail at advertising first before we try to fail at, at novel writing. Yep. So that's our movie. That's it, right? That's, that's the end of the movie. movie. Hey. So main themes, we've got ageism, sexism, the importance of neck tattoos to succeed in advertising. Uh, ageism bad, <laughs> sexism good, <laughs> neck tattoos good is the movie's <laughs> judgment. Very true. Things. Flirtation on business phones, good. I looked up the rating for this movie. Rotten, Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 20%, uh, but Google users gave it a 65%. So fairly decent. But But what would you all rate this? If we were thinking in terms of advertising awards where you can get bronze, silver, gold, best in show. What would you say this movie should get? In terms of accuracy, just because the the brief thing is egregious to me, <laughs> it would probably get a bronze. But it's real close to a silver. Like, there are some nods in here that do feel very familiar. Um, I think that there is something to be said about the ageism conversation and strictly, like, one who gets to have that conversation and uh, to, like how accurate is it it is because again i just feel like there are some things that tom could have probably like looked inward and really you know considered about himself like you know you don't know how to text learn how to text that's your <laughs> that's your first problem um so i mean that there are some things that it really does hit 
but my God, that that here's your brief. <laughs> zoom, zoom, zoom around a track. All right, give me an ad. There's a lot for me to swallow, even for a Hallmark film. So for me, it gets an upper can't echelon like, bronze. Can't just say car goes fast. <laughs> car goes vroom, vroom, sexy car. All right, 800 <laughs> words, go. Like, just a lot. A lot for me to handle. Um, so yeah, a, a strong bronze, I will say. I'm, I'm gonna give. I'm gonna give in depictions of ageism. I give this a silver, and because honestly, it's quite good. It's quite. Um, they treat it seriously. It is not a throwaway thing, and it's not. They actually have dialogues about the experience that Tom's going through. Stephen Weber, good actor. Like, mm-hmm. for he may never have broken through a list, but he's a good actor. Um, and I actually thought Dick was a pretty good actor too. Um, but but here's my beef with ageism. Um, like, I guess I'm generally against it, but no, like when people talk about ageism, there is this recurring vibe of ageism being discussed in this industry as like, you know, I've always known discrimination was bad, but now that it's happening to me, y'all turns out it's real bad or, you know, there's a lot of talk in this industry about discrimination, but here's one that I don't think gets enough talk ageism. (laughs) And it's because, like, do you get what I'm saying? Like, like it drives me nuts, these LinkedIn posts that people are just like, I never really was worried about di- discrimination until it happened to me at age 50 plus as a white man. And so, like, I have a bit of a, like, a thing already that I, uh, it, it, it always makes me twitch a bit when people bring up ageism because what they, it almost feels like white guys trying to get into the, into the discrimination conversation. Yeah. Just be like... I I feel you, man. I, too, am a victim of discrimination. <laughs> and this movie handles it well, but it never addresses that. There is not ever a moment, to your point about self-awareness, Shannon, like, they never, he never stops and says, like, man, I wonder if this is how other people felt, you know, from other, other underrepresented communities. I wonder if this is what they're experiencing. Maybe I should build an agency that that reflects people's, you know, interests and passions and not where they're from. I don't know. Anything that's not just like, I too have now experienced the pain of discrimination as a, a successful after, yeah. white man. Who amongst us hasn't been slighted after a long, successful career in a high-paying industry? Woe is me. <laughs> it's, it's, it's definitely didn't get rid of that stink, which, again, point for accuracy. Well, and his his not knowing how to text, I feel like, was a an insight into the ageism issue because... I think there's a lot of people who refuse to figure out, you know, the TikToks of the world and to stay up to date on things. That's where I have mm-hmm. issue with it. If you're trying to go with the flow and learn all the new things, I don't care how old you are. If you're talented, then you can be in this business. But if you are like, no, that's not how we did it back in the day. I refuse. Then yeah, I get that you're going to you're going to struggle. Um and I feel like his his ability to just just say texting. Nah, I don't need that. <laughs> Meanwhile, this agency texting resumes, texting copy to each other, like texting is their main form of communication. And he refuses to learn how to do it. <laughs> to talk to his own daughter. Again, exactly. <laughs> From a creative perspective, I actually feel like this was fairly accurate generally. The details were just out of control. But if my mom were to watch this, I would be comfortable with her thinking this is what I do. <laughs> so I would say yeah. I would say it's a strong silver. 
um, in terms of accuracy. So are, are we creating our own great. award called like the clubby? <laughs> <laughs> like they're going to get a silver in the clubbies. It feels like we're going to club a seal. <laughs> we, we can workshop it. We'll give you a brief in 30 seconds and you'll have to come up with what the new yeah. award is, is called. Trophy. <laughs> Shiny. Give me. <laughs> so any, any last words about all's fair in, in love and advertising? I mean, I guess good on Hallmark. I like it was watchable. It was surprisingly yes. watchable for, I think that stepping outside of advertising for a second, I think Hallmark gets the general rap of like, who could watch this? It's like, okay, you could, you have to really allow um, some, a lot of things to slide obviously, like paper backdrops, but it was a generally watchable film. If you stick to like the advertising angle, I don't know what you'll get from the romance angle, but like it wasn't like the most torturous thing I've watched. <laughs> I I feel like um, what I liked about this and what made me glad we picked it is that most Hallmark movies, they... Like, they don't really talk about the business that's being featured, right? If it's about, it's always about, like, a bakery or a Christmas tree farm owner or whatever. And then the the, the love interest is always, like, a, a high-powered executive from whatever. They don't spend a lot of time talking about the actual business of those things. Every dialogue is about being back home, romance, whatever. Um, I liked that they spent time on advertising. They spent time on ageism. They spent time on themes that were not like... And if anything, this movie is most guilty of rushing the romance plots. And uh, and and it should be noted at the end, like, Tom and Harriet get, like, right up in each other's face, like a, a, a truly disturbing close-up of, like, each of their faces. And then they do not kiss. <laughs> they just turn and walk away. And I was like, all right, I'm down with this. Like, we're business partners now. Like, but I... <laughs> Hey, good on you, Hallmark. No kiss at the end. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. It was a very watchable Hallmark, Hallmark movie. I'm not usually one to watch any Hallmarks, even the Christmas ones, but I thoroughly enjoyed watching this. I laughed. I cringed. It was it was incredible. <laughs> What's next? What are we watching next? So, David, you are actually next week's Ad Cinema Club president, so why don't you tell us what we'll be watching? Oh, oh, that's true. Um, It's going to be... Mr. Mom. I don't remember what year it came out. I'm going to say early 80s. Uh, Michael Keaton. 83, classic. Yeah, maybe like Terry Garr is in that with him. Um, I have not watched Mr. Mom since I was 10, maybe. So uh, I'm down. I, I know that it, advertising is certainly a big part of the plot, uh, and I just can't wait to find out which parts of that movie have a aged well <laughs> and <laughs> how it vibes fascinating so if you want to uh, watch along with us uh check out mr mom between now and then and uh this one uh all's fair in love and advertising that one's on pluto and youtube pluto's the free one i think youtube you had to have some kind of weird subscription uh, or something but pluto it's for free for sure yeah. Um, and so where can we find all of you? I'm Ashley. You can find me at stuff about advertising on any socials. And you can find me at Shannon L underscore Miller on also, um, socials, including Twitter. I don't know what this X business is, but <laughs> you have to specify that now. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn cause I'm old. Uh, David Griner. Uh, uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, these days I'm mostly on Instagram. I think David Griner, one word, uh, G R I N E R. But yeah, oh, thanks. This Amazing. was super fun. Right. 
Yeah, and if any listeners want to support the show on Patreon, you will get early access to each of our episodes, and then we're also going to have two member-only episodes every season. So you definitely want to check that out. Um, And that's it. Thank you for joining us for our very first meeting of Ad Cinema Club. As president, I declare this meeting adjourned, and we will circle back next time with Mr. Mom. Tap, tap, tap. Woo! See you soon. Ad Cinema Club is a production of Batwell Studios and Big Screen Lemon. If you're looking for the best possible team to help you launch a podcast, cast voice talent, handle audio production for your ads, you should head over to BatwellStudios.com and mash that contact button. Tell them Ad Cinema Club sent you. This episode was hosted by Shannon Miller, Ashley Rudstein, and David Greiner and edited by Lane McGivney at Batwell Studios. Our theme song was composed by Brad Lyons, also at Batwell Studios. If you like what we're building here at Ad Cinema Club, we hope that you'll become an official club member by joining our Patreon. It's a mere $3 a month at patreon.com slash ad cinema club club members get to enjoy early access to each episode you get to vote on movies that maybe we should watch in the future and you get exclusive access to a few bonus episodes each season so please check out that patreon we would appreciate it also please take a moment to rate and review ad cinema club on apple Podcasts. we're a new show so those early ratings are incredibly important for helping us reach new listeners uh, you can also reach us at ad cinema club at gmail.com you can visit us at ad cinema.club And yeah, thanks for listening. This club meeting is adjourned.